What's up, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Joshua, and I want to welcome you to another broadcast. Today, we're going to have a little bit of fun. Of course, I don't know if talking about chemtrails and Roblox is necessarily that fun, but I'd like to think that my commentary is somewhat interesting. But anyway, thank you so much for everyone that's watching right now or listening. I want to give a huge shout out to the podcast audience. Thank you so much. We're growing every day. And also want to thank everyone who has become a member over at joshuatberglin.com. Of course, we have other services that are there, but we have the Libana Worldwide Foundation. We have their content there, which is what my wife and I run. And we have our nonprofit organization gives media services to those who really are in need. And we don't really ask a lot of questions. It's easy for us to point out former trafficking victims and inner city youth and kids from around the world, people that are impoverished, people that have brutal prison records and arrest records and all of that stuff that keeps them from getting a real job. Some people don't have the money for education. Some people don't have a desire to go to college. The fact is this, if somebody needs our services, we're going to give them to them. And that's what we do at the Live Bottom Worldwide Foundation. And of course, we give these services away to those who are in need. So don't be a jerk. If you aren't in need and you can actually pay for these services, then pay for them. And that's what I'm here for. Of course, I probably didn't do the best job of selling myself, but the fact is this, I really like what I do. I'm great at what I do. And I love to teach people what I do because it works. And more importantly, it will future-proof your business, your dream your entrepreneurial journey, even if you're a solopreneur, even better. And one thing I've no noticed since I've created Media Company in a Box, and we only have a couple of people that are doing it right now, and that's cool. That's cool because I get it. The cool concept of being an independent media organization sounds frightening or foreign or what are you talking about? But I'm telling you right now where we're going in the future the fourth industrial revolution, which they are running ads on radio about, is you're going to need to be a media first organization. Why is that? Because the minute you become a media organization, all of a sudden you have multiple new revenue streams. And that's what it's going to take to survive. When I say survive, I mean thrive in the new world. Now look, Universal income will be available for people. Sure, you can take that. But you know what? I don't want to live like a schlep. I don't want to live having to do everything that I'm told. And that's essentially when you take universal income, you think they're just going to give you all your freedoms with it? No, it doesn't. It's not going to work that way. And it's not about future tripping because the fact is this. A lot of people can push fear when they talk about the future and the fourth industrial revolution and changes and so, and so on. And then people can talk about the mark of the beast and other things like that. I would like to contend, and I'm one of those people that do believe this new financial system that's coming in, I think it's going to be very similar, if not the beast system. But that's an, a whole other conversation because I do believe that there's going to be solutions. There's always a solution. but Really, looking back at it, because the mark of the beast is one of those things where you need to put a chip in to be able to buy and sell, to trade, to do things like that. And 
it sounds pretty scary. Or some people just look at it as science fiction. Looking back at it, our whole financial system we're in now is a beast system. Like everything about the financial system, especially with Americans, this is not a good system. This doesn't favor others. This doesn't give everyone a fair shot. What I believe is about to come, and I know what's going to happen with technology, but even with the new financial system, I believe it's going to be a reset. And yes, the reset, the great reset, you've heard about it. But I also believe this reset means that we're all going to have an equal opportunity to shine, to soar, to fulfill our dreams. Now, the ticket is you can't listen to all the noise. And there's a ton of noise out there in the news, in the media. It is psychological warfare. Like every, every timeline or news feed you jump on, you have to pretty much understand that it's psychological warfare. You're going to see conflicting and contradicting articles from the same exact news source. You will hear it about health. You'll hear it about sports opinion. You'll hear it about the weather, because God knows the weather people here, well, in Minnesota at least, are awful. No offense, because I'm sure they're great people. But as far as predicting the weather, they're the worst ever. Worst. I have never seen anything worse. But that's not what this is about. We have a real opportunity coming up in this new world. But it starts with being a media organization. And it's not as complicated as it sounds. And you can find all of this information on my website. This broadcast, though, is not about me selling my services. No, it's we're going to get into some interesting stuff, I believe. Roblox, chemtrails. There's, I got something pretty interesting. What is it? Five limiting beliefs and how to overcome them. So we're going to have some fun. But one thing that I've learned in my experience with being a media company in a box, and like I said, there's a few that have signed up and that are starting to do it. And one of the things that I'm hearing feedback-wise is, wow, this simplified my life. And of course, these are content creators. They have podcasts, but they also have other services that they sell. And the thing that they've, I've heard from them is, wow, this just basically streamlined my whole business. And now it's all one, lo one location that people get to come to to see all that I create. All my content is not spread out all over the world. It's in one uniform location. That's one of the benefits. But here's what I like personally about it. So I'm on this journey. I'm on a faith journey. I'm on a getting aligned with God's purpose for my life journey. And it's been wild. And I love it, every second of it, because it just shows that I don't, one, I don't know everything. I'm learning every day. I'm growing every day. And, and it, but at the same time, it's been very sobering, some of the things that that I realized or come to accept as truth for my life. It's been wild. And but I've always said that a relationship with the Lord is a personal relationship. In other words, it's not, yeah, we have community. Yeah, we are the body of Christ in the sense that we have a role to play. We all play a part. And when we're living in our purpose, we get to fulfill and be that body part of Christ, the body. Now, but I also believe that 
a lot of our relationship with God is internal, meaning it's between us and heaven. And the communication, the truth, the downloads, the vision, the calls to, to take a step of faith, all of that happens inside of us. Now, somebody could give you a word, somebody could give you some encouragement that you go, I think that came from God. <laughs> and that's okay too, because God will communicate through other people. But this journey is truly an independent journey. And yes, people will come on your path. You will align, whether it's temporarily or long-term. But this path is truly a creator's dream, this media company in a box. And what I mean by that is this. When I say that I am the business, that means my only job every day, because I've got my services on my website. They're all there. But my job every day is to create, to come up with something new, to do a different style of broadcast, to create a new show, to write a new book, to write a new blog, to create a new service, to be a guest on someone's podcast, to to going out and serving and volunteering. But I get to do that as the business. But the other part of that's super special, if you ask me, is that instead of going to a boss for advice, instead of wor worrying about somebody stealing my idea, instead of worrying about somebody trying to sabotage my ladder on the climbing up to the road of success or whatever the analogy is, but just butcher that. There's no one to answer. To. There's no one to say, hey, you need to get up. There's no one to say, you get a 15 minute break. You can take a smoke break. You can, you can go now, now you can go to lunch. There's none of that. The only person that you get to communicate with, it's your choice, you don't have to do this. But, okay, God, what can I do today to be better? What can I do today to add value to other people? What can I do today to expand my business? And then you just get to go do it. No passing it up to the food chain. No, yeah, I've got this really amazing idea. Okay, so what am I supposed to do here? Okay, I got to send this to the middle manager. And then if he likes it, then he'll send it to upper management. And the upper management likes it, then they'll take it to the vice president or whatever. There's a lot of different corporate structures, but I'm just throwing out an example here. There's none of that. There's no, hey, I need a raise today. It's not, it's none of that. Just get to go create. And I'll tell you one thing. This new relationship and this new way of living for myself, my family, and even as running the nonprofit, this new way of living has been incredible because I don't have to ask permission. I don't even necessarily care what the statistics say because as an artist, and I am an artist, different kind of artist, but I am an artist. I don't need other people's approval as an artist. I get to create. And the minute I start looking for their approval, I'm no longer an artist. And I want to be an artist. I get to be a creator and get to co-create with God. And so do you. The future belongs to creators. Why? Because 
we're going to be held responsible for building the new world. And the new world is going to be exciting for creators and for people that take action now. Should have taken action two and a half years ago, but you still have time. The rise of the independent media company is well on its way and it's here and it's happening faster every single day. All right, enough of that. I don't know how much time I spent on that, but I want to thank you for being here. So today, so I had a little crazy experience happen last night and I'll go into that in a second and that it's relating to children. So if you're a parent that has youngins and below, really, honestly, if they're in your house, you need to. I'm not doing that one of those, hey, it's 10 o'clock p.m., do you know where your children are thing? I'm not doing that. But you guys know about Roblox. Okay. We're going to talk about that. But Rogue Geoengineering Outfit claims to be dumping unmonitored particles into the stratosphere to change the weather. Okay. I don't know about you, but I, I every, this summer, especially, this summer, it got awful. It'd be a perfectly blue sky outside, perfectly blue, or I'm colorblind, so it could have been pink for all I know, but nonetheless, it looks clear, the sun's out, it's gorgeous, there's no wind, and then all of a sudden, airplane, and they're flying every direction, and they got this white stuff flying out of their butt, or their engines, or whatever that is, and all of a sudden, now, the sky's cloudy. What? Huh? All summer long, it was cloudy. What didn't start out cloudy, and it's really convenient to go, a storm system moved in, blah, blah, blah. Every day of the week, every day of the week that it's a clear sky, there's people spraying the sky. This is not registering to people. Something's a little weird. There's no clouds. All of a sudden, there is clouds, and those clouds don't exactly look normal. It's messed up. And then, even in the wintertime, there's clouds. And, of course, it's freaking winter in Minnesota. So it's freezing. Actually, today, it's 30 degrees. And it feels not summer because there's still snow on the ground. But it's a lot better than negative 10. Anyway, but even now in the winter, clear skies, planes. I saw four in eyesight on Christmas Eve. One was going straight up, one was going down, one was going this way, and the other was going that way. What is going on? And I've heard every conspiracy theory under the sun about what this could be. They're spraying something, and I don't know exactly what it is, but they said, and of course we call them chemtrails, but I'm sure there's a more technical term for it, but the conspiracy is centered around chemtrails. But the other thing that you got to consider, and a lot of people don't know about PARP, H-A-R-P, I think it is, or is it H-A-R-P? Not PARP, like a violin harp, not that. PARP, as in weather warfare, weather modification. And they said supposedly in the 1950s or 1960s, they got rid of PARP, but... I'm pretty confident that they're doing some geoengineering of the weather. Just saying. So I'm not going to read from this article or anything like that, but I don't know. 
Have you noticed out there that they're spraying the skies and it sure seems like they're doing it a whole bunch and there's a whole bunch of planes and it's happening not once in a blue moon, almost every day, if not every day. What are they really spraying? What is the real explanation for this? All right, enough of that. Not that, we don't want to do that. Where's that other article at? Oh, okay. So Roblox, R-O-B-L-O-X. So parents issued Roblox warning as young children are targeted online. So I'm not gonna read this article, but you gotta be careful. I have a six and seven year old in this house and silly me didn't know this. Of course, I didn't, we didn't give her, my oldest daughter permission to be on Ro Roblox, but we also didn't tell her that she couldn't be on Roblox. We have apps, like we have app blocks on her, on their phone that my, my two daughters share. And so they can't download anything they want, but they got an iPad or something for Christmas. And I guess security wasn't set on the phone. We didn't do it. Not blaming anyone because like you would think that Roblox is safe, right? So this is not like a, hey, bad parent or anything like that. Oh, there's nothing to do with that. But there's a chat room on Roblox and I wasn't aware of this. Holy freaking crap. There's no, I'm sorry, I'm stuttering right now because I'm dumbfounded. I get the idea that, hey, kids can chat with each other and that sounds safe, but how do you keep freaky perverts away off chat? Holy jeez. I don't know what's happening. I'm way more sensitive to all this stuff than I've ever been before. Maybe it's because I'm an active parent now. But my goodness, I'm not a prude. I'm not a prude at all, which is pretty well documented if you listen to my other broadcast. I don't have a prude bone in my body. But I got to tell you one thing. When it comes to kids, well, I'm really sensitive to the dangers out there because I know what I did when chat rooms. Now, I wasn't talking to underage kids, but I'm getting drugs. I'm getting sex. I'm seeing porn that I'd never seen before, all in chat rooms. And mind you, there's a lot more security buffers than there used to be, but this ain't safe. This is a problem. And I don't know what other platforms kids are allowed on where there's chat like this, but this is like a thing. Like this is something you should pay attention to and not, by the way, and not dismiss as, well, you're just an old timer and we do things different now. Bull crap. Predators are going to be predators no matter what. And technology has just made it easier. And if you think for one second that people can't track you online, you're out of your mind. I can track any single one of you. If I see your screen name, I know how to find you, your address, and all of your information. So if I know how to do that, even if it's an anonymous profile, by the way, I know how to do it. So if I can do that, what can other people do? I'm not even a, a grade A hacker. Like I, I know coding some, but not a lot, not enough to cause too much damage. But there's people out there that do. And let me tell you something. When you're a hunter, and I don't mean a good kind of hunter, 
you find a way to get what you want and you will stop at nothing. So if you're not already, be careful. We got to protect our kids because let me tell you something. Not caring and just letting them go and do their own thing. You may get away with half-assed or start to believe you're getting away with half-assed parenting or monitoring of your children now. You may think that. You may think that it's okay and you're getting away with it, but I can tell you what I missed in just a matter of a few days. All the chats, all the stuff, and it was happening when just thought we're watching a movie. Like, it's almost impossible to monitor every single thing that goes on every second of the day with children. So it doesn't take long for a lot to happen. And let me tell you, kids get trafficked. This is not a conspiracy theory. I know from my own experience that kids get trafficked. I know, and I, I didn't traffic kids, by the way, but not only did I prostitute myself, I have somebody very, very close to me that is in that environment and can't get out. And it starts innocent and it starts simple. And you gotta understand that if your kid, it doesn't, if their love tank is not full and they don't know that they have your attention. They're going to go seek attention elsewhere. If you're not filling up your kid's love tank like you want to do with your spouses, if you're not doing that for your kids, they're going to seek it elsewhere. And that's how they get trapped. And I know that. I know the consequences of it. And it's terrifying. And it's no joke. And the damage is long-term. I was molested. I was abused it messes you it rewires your brain it changes you and for all the healing that i've done and all the work that i've done to heal i'm not going back to innocent i'm not going back to pure and lily white i'm white but i'm like white, white as snow, pure. I got scars, lots of them. And the work that it's taken for me to be somewhat normal is work that most people wouldn't do. Most people don't have that obsessive belief in something greater than them. And a bold faith to know that God can take all the shit of the past and use it for something good. Not everybody understands that. But even men, even understanding that, you still got to do the work. Most people won't do it because it's hard and it sucks. And it's just as hard as going through the trauma. Like the healing process is almost as traumatic as the trauma itself. But if you want a better life, you get to do it. You want to do it. But why even put your kids to that to begin with? There's no need. Just monitor or rip that stupid game out.
don't let them chat because it's especially six and seven years old. It's terrifying, but look, even 13, 14, 15, 16, all susceptible, all ages, I was molested. So be careful is the point. Okay. Go through one more thing here, and then we'll be, because that was intense. So let's talk about something somewhat happy. <laughs> oh, five limiting beliefs. This is going to be good. Five limiting beliefs that prevent most people from realizing their potential. This is genius the way they do this. Common self-defeating attitudes and how to overcome them. So I don't want to read all their commentary. Let's just go with this one. Limiting belief number one, I'm not smart enough. I don't even need to read from these. I'm not going to read from these. I'm just going to go off the beliefs. I'm not smart enough. How many of you have said that about yourself? Let me tell you something. My whole life growing up, I thought I was an idiot. I thought I was dumb. I thought I was retarded. And forgive the term. He said the R word. When I grew up, that word, like, I don't mean any disrespect at all. But that's what I felt about myself. Because that's what was said to me. And stuttered when I read out loud. The most humiliating thing. I, I'm an adult now. And I still struggle when I read out loud because the words move all over the page. I embrace dyslexia. I love dyslexia. I do because it's a gift. But trying to read out loud sometimes, eh, not so easy. But here's the thing. That you're not, you're not smart enough. You may not be smart enough to be a doctor. You may not be smart enough to be a physicist. I'm not. I think this stuff is interesting but I'm not smart enough, nor do I have the patience to even want to learn any of that. But I'll tell you where I'm a genius. Media. The technology. Sure, there's parts that I'm not great at or don't know and all of that, but what I know, I'm great at. The knowledge that I have, the wisdom that I have, the education in the subject that I so want to learn about, I'm really smart. The key is, Finding what you like to learn about, finding what interests you, and then burying your face in it, unless if it's cocaine or a hooker, because then you don't want to do that, because there's consequences for that too. You know? Anyway, you, like, you just got to find the thing, and you may be trying to do something that you're not good at, and the public education system sucks. I know there's some good schools, and there's some that are better than others, but as a whole, our public education system is terrible. We don't, they're not teaching us the way that we learn, at least not all of us. It's, you're going to memorize this. Yeah, we're going to teach you some basic stuff, but a lot of it's memorization. But more importantly, none of the things that are being taught in school are really preparing people for life outside of school. Learning about money. Learning how to use your gifts and talents. That should be taught. Like, we should adjust. And, well, we don't have a budget for that. I mean, look, the fact is, I think public schools everywhere are struggling to have a budget to do anything. Strong argument for homeschooling, and I know not everybody can do that. But something's got to change with our education system. Now, the good news is, because I get 
my wife and I have the opportunity to get to work with some businesses that work very much in the shadows right now because they are the solution to what's coming as far as business-wise, because not everybody is going to want to be in this new system that's coming. Not everyone's going to be a part of that. So there's solutions. These solutions I'm seeing are awesome. But here's the thing. What they're teaching, what they know, the world that they're in, they weren't learning that in school. They weren't learning that in school. And in the lessons that they are teaching others, this new system that's going to come in, this new style of education that a lot of these really wealthy people that are playing for the good team are trying to do, like they're going to bring solutions for all of this stuff. But the fact is, saying you're not smart enough is the biggest lie ever. You may not be smart in one subject, but you're brilliant in others. And you should flex that muscle. You should flex that muscle of anything for yourself so that you know that you're smart and you're smart in all the areas that you're supposed to be smart in. Number two, no matter how hard I try, I'll never be able to compensate for my lack of talent or shortcomings. So first and foremost, that limiting belief, I'm not even going to read this either. That belief is a lie from your own brain. It's a lie from the devil. And here's why. Because everyone has something they're good at. Everyone. Everyone has a gift. Everyone has a talent. You just got to find it. Maybe you're looking at the wrong areas. Maybe you're trying to give it in the wrong areas because there's something to that too. I have a lot of broadcasts I complain that I try to give my services to the church. I try to give my education and what I know, the expertise that I have. I try to give it away. Now they can't even pay me enough money. I won't work with them. I guess what? <laughs> I would work with them, but I'm not going to give it away because there's a lot of value there. But I'm like, but you, I know that you have a gift and a talent. You have to, because your intellectual property alone, how you navigated any situation in your life, whether it was bad or good, that intellectual property has value. So you matter for that, even if it's telling people what not to do. I used to think I have no business talking about relationships with people because I've been divorced three times. I was a deadbeat father and all of that. But the truth is, now I'm a good dad. I'm a good husband. I'm a, what else is there? I'm somewhat of a good human being. I mean, sometimes I'm a jerk, try not to be, try to love everybody. I try to be Christ-like in everything I do. <laughs> all right, move along. I'm laugh at myself. Okay. No one will ever find enough value in my experience or expertise to actually pay me money for it. Ooh, that's number three. <laughs> this one says, this one hits particularly close to home. It does for me too. I've been talking about a concept and an idea for two and a half years publicly. Had it longer than that, but I've been talking about it. Finally launched it. But when I started talking about it, I didn't know how it was going to happen. 
I just knew that I was supposed to do it. I didn't have the technology for it. Didn't have the money to do it. None of that. And then all my life. Crazy how that works. But the idea, the concept, telling everybody that being a media company, that you will be a media organization in the future, telling people that, it makes sense to them. They think it sounds crazy. And news for it. It's not crazy. But I totally believe this. It's hard. But you got to understand this. Someone is dying to know what, maybe not the whole world, but somebody. And that's the cool thing about the internet. The internet is the great equalizer. Sure, Coca-Cola, Disney, ABC, they have so much money. They can spend billions in advertising. I think Twitter, I'm sorry, Apple spends a billion dollars in advertising. I think I read that correctly. So much money on advertising on Twitter. Ooh, even technology is the great equalizer, especially if you know how to use media. So it gives an opportunity for all of us to shine, to get our message out, to get our services out to the world, to our demographic, to our niche, whatever it may be. But the fact is, someone is dying to know what you know because your experience and the lessons that you've learned are unique to you. And when you talk about that and share that, you're adding value. And by doing that, you will attract the people that belong in your life. You got to believe in what you're going to do, what you're doing, or no one else is going to believe in you. You got to believe. You got to believe in yourself. And there's a big difference between trusting God. And believing in yourself, obviously, right? Believing in yourself, does that, it, 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 does it seem so obvious? Or I'm sorry, does believing in yourself and trusting God, are they related or are they two separate things? Both. Because believing in yourself and learning your identity is not even possible without a relationship with God. And believing that you're a co-creator with God. You get to co-create. It's not, I'm not saying that you're God at all. We are living proof that we are not God. However, we get to co-create with God because God is very much inside of us also. So you do get to believe in yourself. You do get to say loving things about yourself. You do get to believe how freaking awesome you are. You get to believe it. And it doesn't make you an egomaniac either. You get to be grateful for your talents and your gifts, but then you get to go rock it out too. You get to walk that out as a confident man or woman or however you identify. Unless you identify with Cheetos, because that's just weird. Anyway, you can walk that out. And you get to stand in your confidence. You don't get to be an egomaniac and hurt people with your confidence. But you can be confident and you can be bold and you can take bold steps in faith when you're confident and you believe in yourself and you believe that by taking action and committing action that you are going to co-create and partner with God and you are going to go make that happen. Because if you had the dream and vision to do it in the first place, You were meant to do it.
So you get to move forward boldly. Number four, no one will ever take me seriously or find me attractive because of perceived physical effect. Oh, man. Almost, I could feel like I need to sit down for this one. I used to say, no one will ever love me because I have HIV. I'll never get the woman of my dreams because I have HIV. I'll never meet the woman of my dreams because of my record. I'll never achieve my dreams because of my record, because of my past, because of my HIV, because of my addiction, because of my mental uniqueness, whatever. I used to say all that. I used to say it, and guess what? While I was saying it, it was freaking true. Then I just quit saying it. And I started to truly believe that truth would attract the right people in my life. And the truth that I got to share with the world was really uncomfortable. Everything that's in the devil inside me, our book, which is right there. Everything I talk about on my broadcast, it's terrifying. Terrified of being a leper. Here's the truth. Some people still look at me like a leper. When people read the book, like here locally where I'm at in Minnesota, when I find out someone's read the book, they act differently. Things I talk about, people treat me differently. Yet at the same time, the people that are in my life, I know are there because they want to be there and they love me for who I am. All the other people that got uncomfortable, turned their back, said I was a fake Christian or a fake believer or a fake false prophet or whatever else because I was transparent and honest about my past. I don't really have time for that. Like you go to, I used to, it used to bother me. It used to eat me alive. But here's the truth. I started telling the truth. And all of a sudden, the right people that belonged to my life came to my life. And I'm now living the life that I always dreamed of. I have some other bigger dreams too, but I am living my dream life. With my dream wife, I've got two amazing kids. Good other kids that I get to see too. But I've got two amazing kids in this house that I love more than life. I got that from telling the truth and working every day to become the man I was created to be. That's how I did it. I'm sure I know that God has something to do with it, and I'm grateful for that. I also did the work. And I'm grateful that I had the motivation and the determination to do so. But that's a lie. Everything that's ordained for you is ordained for you. Nothing can take it away. But you.
So if you continue to reject your blessings and reject your greatness and reject how God sees you and how God created you to be, you continue to reject that, sure, stay miserable. But you could also surrender all that negative bull crap and start trusting God and start seeing yourself how God sees you. And if you don't know how God sees you, I would say go to the Bible, but you may pull up something that says something between. So that's a dangerous trick. Hey, just pick up the Bible. Yeah, see what God says about you. Because there's some stuff in the Bible that would be confusing if you didn't know the full context. So I don't recommend that. You can Google verses about what God says about you and you have a faster track to hearing how awesome you are and hearing about the extraordinary purpose you have. Like that's there and go for that. Anyway, all right, number five. My station and life was set at birth. Huh. My station in life was determined. God, I, yeah, your purpose in life was determined before you were born. Yeah, but the truth is, you have the right to choose. Choose the life that God has for you or don't. And here's the thing. Oh, I mean... <laughs> This is, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I'm going to say this. God's purpose for your life is for you, is not necessarily for you to be a goody two-shoes and do everything right and just be and be Jesus. I don't believe that's God's purpose for your life. Because I'm pretty confident that God will have you do some things may not be Christ-like. I think I just heard someone delete this episode. Hear me out. God calls some people to kill. God calls some people to war. So there's my proof. I don't think God's purpose necessarily for our lives necessarily fits into the religious text puzzle that's given to us of any religion. I think it exceeds that. I think the reality is that God wants us to embrace our darkness too and have a relationship with it instead of running from it all the time. I'm not saying bathe in sin. I'm not saying bathe in darkness. I'm not saying that. But what we resist, persists. I've done this with my own sexuality, I know. Every time I try to shoo it away, run from it, deny it exists, pretend that it's not real, my whole life becomes a wreck. And you can say what you want to say, or you're not spending enough time in the Bible. You're not with me every day. You don't know. You're not feeding your mind with the right stuff. You're not with me every day. You don't know. You don't know where I'm at. In fact, you don't even know where other people are at with their walks because it's a personal relationship. So 
your judgment, your criticism, none of it even applies. And you can go ahead and do it, but I'm just going to laugh. Because you and I both know deep down, that's not how it works. We all know that everyone's got a little bit of darkness in them. We run from it. But I don't think we're supposed to do that. Because it's running from ourselves. Now, we can put a spotlight on our darkness. It may change it. It's like walking out truth. Like what I believe is true for me. So I'm going to accept this truth. And then I'm going to walk it out. And by walking it out, I'm going to go, is this really true for me? Is this what I really want? really easy to say that you want to bang other women in your, when you're married, right? So I'm just going to talk to men real quick. Or you ladies, I guess, because some ladies want to be with other women. But it's really easy to go, oh, what? I want an open relationship. I don't believe in monogamy. That's not for me. I'm going to, I'm going to spread my seed. That's what I'm to do. I'm a man. I'm supposed to like that's the attitude with some men, right? And so you're all confident about it. You want to do it. And then talk your partner into it. Next thing, someone that you deem to be better looking or more attractive, or maybe they're trying to get a little piece of your partner's heart. All of a sudden, you know, man, <laughs> that open relationship doesn't sound so good anymore, does it? Like, it sounded good for you because you just wanted to be able to stick it in anything you wanted. But now that your partner has got some attention, what do we not want to come back over here now? No, I don't want that anymore. I'm not totally comfortable with it. I love this. So I, one of the things with me is that I am openly telling you that I don't believe in monogamy, but I don't practice non-monogamy. I don't believe in it. I think it's silly. I do believe in soul ties. So you want to be equally yoked. <laughs> I don't think you want to be mixing your seed, your DNA, your energy with anything that doesn't align with where you're at. I believe that's a recipe for disaster. But I don't believe in monogamy. I don't believe in lying. And I don't believe in cheating. And if you have an agreement with your partner that you could bang other people, then that's your agreement. None of my business. And it's none of anyone else really not anyone else's either unless you just want to talk about it but but here's the thing to be able to be active in that lifestyle and do it in a healthy way it takes a level of emotional maturity that most people don't have and it also takes willingness to be able to go sit with some very uncomfortable stuff like somebody having their paws all over the woman or man that you love and like in theory, when it's internalized in my head, it sounds so amazing to be able to bang anything I want to bang <laughs> or sleep with whoever I want to sleep. And I'm not trying to be crude here, but I'm just being honest, especially men. Men are men more than in this is study wise. And of course, it's shockingly with women, it's starting to rise also, but primarily with men. Because I believe it's in our DNA to, to spread our seed. Like it's what we desire to do. It's conquering, right? Hit it and quit it. 
is what some people would say. But if you ever notice, like when you're dating, it's all interesting. That guy's all on me. They're just like, oh, baby, we love you. And, uh, and they'll say anything to get in your pants. But once they've gotten in your pants, they may want to hit it a couple more times. But notice how the interest goes away because they've achieved and conquered already. You don't need to conquer the same castle multiple times, do you? Okay. Again, not trying to be crude here. But that is the instinct of a man. Now, fall in love, things change. But you gotta, you guys got you gotta understand that's how it works. Boy, I just went off in a completely other direction. So the point of what I'm saying is sometimes we think. We know what's really best for us. Sometimes we think we know what we want. Sometimes we think we know what's true for us. Start walking it out. Changes things. First time. If you're into, you think you're into swinging and you think you're into threesomes and foursomes and all that other stuff and sharing partners, you, and you think that you want that life and then all of a sudden you see it happen where you see your wife, your partner with someone else, it gives you a dose of reality really quick because it's a lot different than when you're just flirting and teasing, but you get into the reality of it. Wait a second. Some things are just better left for fantasy. That happens. Some people, they want the fantasies to come true because what's the point of having a fantasy if you can't make it happen? But some people's attitude. So it's not right for everyone. I mean, some people would use it as a foreplay method. That could be good. I've learned in my own experience that this is an amazing foreplay method. Don't act on it because, again, I don't believe in monogamy. I just don't practice non-monogamy. But I'll tell you one thing, because I come from that life, it still turns me on. Like, it hasn't stopped turning me on. Like, I, I'd love to talk to a sex addict that was really going to be honest. Those desires don't go away. Once you've experienced something that arouses you, your brain doesn't let it go. And you can talk about having the mind of Christ all day, but those thoughts still come. That come. can you show them away? Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. In the same way that you can shoo away a negative thought, in the same way you can shoo away a limiting belief. You can do that. But you got to be cognizant. You got to be aware. You got to be present. So this is not a, I'm not trying to just talk about, I'm using this as an example, the swinging or it sounds like a good idea at the time is an example, but this could fit into anything. But sex is actually really fun to talk about. And two, it's one subject that I know a ton about, all, even while trying to even figure myself out. And what I've come to figure out is that I don't really need to have it figured out. I just get to be. And like trying to fit myself into some category or label or way of being really just puts me in another box. And I don't want to live that way. But that said, I would never have known that 
without walking out certain things, walking out certain belief systems, walking out and living in a way of being that I thought was right for me or is right for me. And what I've discovered is some things aren't. A lot of things are. Keep on going. As I'm going, grab, take a piece here. If it speaks to my spirit, grab it. As I feel convicted or as I realize that I'm wrong or I'm doing something that I could be doing better or I need to repent from, then I do that too. But here's the beauty of all of this. I get to do all of that being myself and figuring out what's right for me and figuring out how I can be the best that I can be. Now, what I hope to do as a teacher and as a creative and other things is, and in sharing my journey, is not to tell you how to live other than to say that the safest way to live is to trust the spirit inside of you, especially if you're feeding your spirit good things. That's the best way to live. And I want to back that statement up too. Because even feeding your, I don't believe that good spirit, you could have other bad spirits. But it feels like, even though you can drown it out, it feels like it's your spirit. That spirit wants to light up. That spirit wants to be a bright light on a hill. Hope in the dark. Believe that that's our natural instinct of our spirit. Of course, we can stuff it down with a bunch of crap and alcohol and drugs and the wrong soul ties and all that stuff. So, remember those warnings. Gosh, I'll never believe Peg. Those times of fighting for the deal because I got a fresh batch. Oh, I really want it. I can't do more drugs. I can't. I got to stop where my ninja oh, I can't do more drugs. Uh, and like that back and forth that goes on and the sickness in my stomach don't do, don't do it don't do it, don't do it, don't do it don't do it, don't do it and just start drinking a thing and go silent then it's deaf, like not deaf then it's mute, can't hear anything now I can go all the chaos and the drums and all that stuff but you gotta drown out your discernment we drown out our discernment with anger, rage, lies, unforgiveness drugs, alcohol bad food I got to tell you, I really believe the Bible is a metaphysical book. Can't escape this. Can't escape it. So much more going on. Dead government, we got to start beating each, stop beating each other up of other religions, other faiths. We're doing something wrong. This, it's designed to have us at war with each other. It's designed for conflict. Proof? Because the people of the perspective books, so Christians in the Bible, all versions of it, Muslims in their, the Quran, Jews in the Talmud, and or however you say it, and of course, the Old Testament, which is known as freaking burning part. It doesn't matter. But those books, it's like, it's set up to have inner conflict, not just with ourselves, because we recognize contradictions, but also each other. Because no one's reading the Bible, the whole Bible, all day, every day. So when they go in and they read their scripture for that day and how it applies to them, and then they share that scripture, and then someone comes and argues with that scripture because they have a different take on it, 
war started, that they're both believers. They both love Jesus. And then they start pointing at it. Then I hear a false prophet. Are you with me when I pray? Are you with me when I'm on my knees weeping, crying out to God, or even praising God? Are you with me? Do you know? Like, how awful does that feel at, for believers as a believer? To be in the middle of a fight over scripture, a scripture that spoke to you, and it means something very personal, and then you got someone telling you that you got it wrong. How does that make you feel? That's how religion is set up. That's how religion is set up. It's wrong. None of it's right. None of it. Not the Christian religion, not the Muslim religion, not the Buddhist religion. No, I think they're all diversions from truth. Give you some truth, but not all of it. And ultimately, the only safe bet there is right now is to trust the spirit inside of you. Call me blasphemous, whatever you want. Don't care. Don't care. But I've seen it with my own eyes. I, unlike other people that have regular jobs, it's my job to do research. It's my job to find information. This is what I do. I live my life for this. I live my life for the Lord, and I want to know truth. Because I'm tired of seeing the people I love fight over what they think is right, all knowing that where they're taking their information from may not be rooted in truth. There may be more to it, but there's no absolute truth other than what's absolutely true to us. And those are facts. Thank you for watching.